before the pandemic, there was like this hustle culture. And what I think the pandemic helped to bring to light is that that is not healthy, right? Like mental health and being able to have some downtime and being able to rejuvenate is important too. I don't think we're trying to encourage people to not work hard. You still need to work for your goals, but at the expense of yourself and the expense of your wellness, I think that's what we're bringing into question, right? Is that without you being able to be healthy and without you being able to function in a way where you are not completely burnt out, you can't really achieve the other elements. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. As always, love my listeners, love my listener base. And I've got a great episode for you today. I've got a Mary Grace Gardner with me today. She was on an episode a long time ago, probably a couple of years ago. And we're going to have a great conversation around maximizing goals, maximizing potential. I know you're going to love everything she has to say. Quick reminder, I've got the voice experience coming up. One time live online masterclass, live coaching experience. I want to teach you how to maximize your voice so that you create an experience for your listeners. This is revolutionary. If I say so myself, when you, especially as an entrepreneur, can really maximize all of your voice, all the shades of you, and really understand how to create an experience for your listener simply by what they hear in your voice, that is a leveling up. And it is one of the ways that I see my entrepreneurs really increase their revenue. So I hope you'll join me. I've got the dates pushed back just a little bit. We're looking at late February, but go over to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash experience and you'll get all the details and you can sign up. Okay, let me tell you about Mary Grace Gardner. She was on the show several years ago and this is a woman after my own heart. She is innovative. She is incredibly smart always creating something new. And the last time she was on the show, we were talking about a couple of her businesses. And since that time, she has created a new business. I'm going to put the link in the show notes to our previous episode. And and I'm putting the cart before the horse. She's going to talk about a free training that her company does at the end of the episode. We're going to talk about it. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes for that too. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Mary Grace Gardner is co-founder of Human Centered Reliability, an education and consulting company that helps companies reach and sustain their performance targets by equipping employees to transform the ways in which they make decisions. Human Centered Reliability's trainings 
provide clients with the skills to reach personal and professional success. The co-founders of Human-Centered Reliability have led transformations at Google, Kaiser Permanente, McKesson, Samsung Electronics, University Medical Center, Alliance Memphis, Sutter, DuPont, BD, Unilever, and PwC. She graduated from the University of California, Los Angeles and the University of California, Berkeley, earning a degree in pure mathematics and a master's in public health. After graduation, she rose quickly in her career, becoming a hospital chief of staff, a director of operations, a chief of staff for a surgical robotics company and startup founder. She's been featured in Business Insider, CNBC, Yahoo Finance, U.S. News and World Report, and Fast Company. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and two children. She and I met, I, 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 told, I say this in the episode, I equate everything to where I was living, and I was on the East Coast in New York City for a long time, and then went out to L.A., as you know, for four years, and now I'm back on the East Coast. And I know that I met her when I was still in New York City, but we were in a business group together and hit it off and we've stayed connected. And she's such an amazing, amazing person. Really so glad that she is one of my business colleagues. So I know you're going to love what we talk about today, all about reaching your goals and pitfalls and what it really takes. It's going to be a great conversation. So let's head on over to the show. Mary Grace, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be here. I know. Thanks for coming back on. It's been a couple of years, I think, since our last episode together. Well, that's right. Yeah, I think it was right around uh, when I was first launching some new programs and you and I were in a program ourselves together uh, in business. It was just really lovely learning about all the wonderful work that you're doing and our synergies together. So I'm so excited to be here with you again. Yeah. I always equate when the episode was with where I lived. <laughs> and that was at LA. That was an LA interview. So when we talked last time and, and what I'd love to do, because you do so many amazing things, when we were connecting before, we there were definitely some synchronicities and you definitely were doing certain type of work. And now you've even branched out from that. So let's just start with, let's just start talking about your different businesses. We did meet in a business group and you were focused on... Were you focused on college prep? I was, yes, yeah. and I still am. Uh, so that business is the Young Professionista, where I am a college admissions and career coach. And in that line of work, I help students with discovering how to tell their story and figure out their passion so that they can apply to the college of their dreams with confidence. And so I still have that program running. I still have uh, students that I work with and, and the work there I love, but also recently launched a second business called Human-Centered Reliability. Okay. And that's where I want to spend most of our time talking, but you also, you coach professionals too, do. don't you? I, I okay. Do. So, so <laughs> she doesn't sleep. <laughs> now tell me about that. 
I do. Uh, so, so in the in profession used to work, I do uh, work with mid-careerists who are looking to uh, either grow in their current careers and pursue leadership roles or switch out into different industries. And so, so that work uh, had happened and, and has been for the past decade. Uh, in human-centered reliability, though, we are, we are also coaching professionals and companies uh, regarding re- attaining personal and professional goals and creating systems for themselves or their companies so that they can reach those goals with more ease and more confidence uh, without that kind of hustle and burnout that has been very characteristic over the past couple of years. Okay. So when you were on the show before, and I will link that show in the show notes, I don't remember the episode number. I think we focused primarily on your other businesses, but you were already in the the process of creating this business, I think. Wasn't this a, a little bit of a process to create what you do now? Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. So for humans and reliability, I think this has been in the incubation mode for quite some time. And so uh, in the the work that I do, uh, I do have the businesses that I love, uh, but I also have a, a different career outside of it, which was really focused on hospital transformation, healthcare transformation. And there were two co-founders that I had the privilege of working with in one of my hospital work, pieces of work that I did. And the three of us had really focused on leading large-scale transformations at multiple companies. And we all noticed some of the similar themes as we were working with folks in that we were able to see or help and lead companies with transforming their performance, but sustainability was always a problem. And what we put our heads together and thought about was, well, if we could take all of our lessons learned of what we wished existed and helped people uh, with how to attain their goals in a, in a better way, what would that look like? And so we, we've talked about it over a couple of years and then finally decided, let's do it. Uh, and, the, and the big thing that we noticed is when when different companies or individuals are pursuing goals, oftentimes it's really about how do I have these tactics? Just give me the steps to follow and that that give me these hard metrics and, and let's just go kind of follow that strategy. But what oftentimes is missing is that human element, right? And that and that's why we decided to call our company human-centered reliability, is because while all three of us came from technical backgrounds and totally understand like the the validity of the science and the validity of having this evidence-based science drive your your change and performance. That, that human aspect was so important and making sure that, that each individual felt supported and whole and felt like their mental health as well uh, was incorporated in getting their end goal that they may want in their personal professional lives was important. And so we officially launched our business last year and uh, have released a couple of different programs to help companies and individuals with reaching their goals. Okay. So let's, let's dig into this a little bit. My first question is, so I, I know that that y'all are probably very data-driven, observation-driven, metric-driven, which is great. I love that. You know, everything I do is researched and tested. And did COVID change the game in observations that you made about people? So y'all were already in motion on this. You were already seeing these 
okay, this is what we see. This is where we can be helpful. This is what we are, are aligned to teach. And then the pandemic hit. And did you get a new bucket, I'll call it, of things that you went, oh, wow. The short answer is yes. <laughs> so yeah. uh, once we were ideating on this, this was before the pandemic, right? This was mm-hmm. back when we thought things were already pretty wild and busy for everybody. And then the pandemic hit, which just amplified kind of all the chaos that was happening in, in everyone's lives. And what we were realizing, the, the problem we were trying to solve and what we noticed was that burnout was already on the rise beforehand, right? Before okay. the pandemic, People were having difficulty reaching their personal and professional goals. And the solution that we were providing was how to create a system to achieve success faster while creating balance in your life. And with the pandemic, that increased burnout, right? It created more chaos with people's balance in their lives. Their personal and professional lives were now completely mixed up together, right? Where everyone was home with their families. And so what this showed us was even more so the types of Uh, the types of frameworks that we were introducing were even more needed regarding how do you look at your life, not just as, well, here's how I show up at work or here's how I show up in my business, but really how do I show up overall as a whole person? And how do I create a system that works for what I want to achieve personally, professionally, um, all these different dimensions from a health and wellness perspective, economic success, spirituality. So realizing that we come to work or we come to our business as a whole person, not this fragmented part of ourselves. And so being able to successfully show up the way that you truly want to and strive to become, uh, that that was even more so challenged during the pandemic. And so what was interesting was all three of us um, who were developing this framework together applied it to ourselves in real time during the pandemic of, okay, we've each created our own system for personal success and professional success. It's being tested now with the pandemic, um, throwing in all these unknown variables into our lives. And we were still able to thrive based upon our own definitions of what success looked like to each one of us. And so I would say the pandemic was a real live experiment to see whether or not uh, whether or not it still worked. And I think for us, it, it just demonstrated that being able to recognize that we are not each individual is just not a machine, right? Where we're people, each individual is someone who has completely dynamic lives that are made more complicated by personal situations, work situations, life situations. So being able to center ourselves around what is a system that works for each person that we can define for what works for what we need at the time and at the moment, even during a pandemic, it's needed more than ever. Mm -hmm. And these are successful people we're talking about here. These are you, the, your ideal clients are successful people. They're 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 doing the thing. They're, <laughs> they're living life. Yeah, but they, they but they may not be living it to the fullest. 
Yeah. So, uh, our, and so even just, I'll just quickly highlight my, my co-founders too. So I've got two other co-founders. Uh, one is an ex-hospital CEO, uh, and he now does consulting engagements for big companies. And then my other co-founder is the lead for diversity, equity, inclusion, the portfolio at Google. And so all three of us um, are pursuing our passions and pursuing the types of work that we love. And also making sure that we're doing so in a way that respects um, who we want to show up as and creating those moments where we're creating space to become who we want to be. So for myself personally, that means being able to still be fully present to be with my three and six-year-old, right? So that we still have dinner at night together and I'm not working at night or on the weekends. Um, being able to spend time with my husband and enjoying the San Francisco Bay Area pre-pandemic. We're not really going out as much now during the pandemic, but uh, making sure that we've got that time and that space to be able to not just be in this hustle mode. Mm -hmm. And for the folks that we've worked with and are working with, oftentimes they are folks who recognize that they have achieved a certain level of success and they know that in order to get to the next level, they want to be able to do so in a way that doesn't burn them out, that allows them to show up in what they understand is truly who they want to be in all different dimensions, right? So in the work that we do, we highlight six dimensions and they may apply to each person in different ways, but we recognize that it's this integration of the first is health and wellness. The second is economic success. The third is career success. The fourth is personal growth. The fifth is family and relationships. And the sixth is spirituality. And so while we are each pursuing either business success or career success, the other elements are really important to you when you're thinking about showing up as a full person. And so we believe in not having to segment those different parts of your life. And in order to achieve the type of success as a whole, you need to pay attention to these other dimensions as well. You've mentioned burnout a lot and talking about hustle and grind. I It seems to me that the attraction to hustle and grind is the tide is turning on that. Would you say that that's true? And, and that's certainly what people seek your work for. They're tired of the grind. They're tired of working through dinner. They're, I mean, is that what you're referring to as burnout? Yes, I think that... And it still exists, right? Where okay. the, the grind and, you know, that, that gets romanticized. But I do think that the pandemic has really helped shake up that perspective. I think people were already waking up to that's not the best way to, to function sometimes, right? Especially if you're thinking about personal health and personal wellness, because there was a lot of self-sacrifice for mm -hmm. whatever goals that you're attaining, right? It was giving up sleep in order to be able to reach whatever company or business goal that you're trying to achieve there. We saw a lot of that. I think before the pandemic, there was like this hustle culture. And what I think the pandemic helped to bring to light is that that is not healthy, right? Like mental health and being able to have some downtime and being able to rejuvenate is important to you. I don't think we're trying to encourage people to not work hard. We still need right. to work hard, right? You still need to work for your goals. But at the expense of yourself and the expense of your wellness, I think that's what we're bringing into question, right? Is that without 
you being able to be healthy and without you being able to function in a way where you are not completely burnt out, you can't really achieve the other elements, right? And in terms of what joy we're wanting to make sure people are, are thinking about, it's not always about that end goal of that professional end goal, because if you find yourself in a state of burnout and find yourself in a state of illness, your happiness and your joy of attaining that goal would be compromised. So, so I, I do think that is really where the pandemic has really exacerbated that people's tolerance for just this always on mentality mm-hmm. and having to work so hard all the time at the expense of personal health, I think is being questioned inappropriately. So. Yeah. I love what you said about the hustle culture being romanticized. And, and that's definitely what I'm referring to. I, I, everybody knows the way I work is borderline going against the grain of what you're talking about here, but we all know it, but that, that that's the only way that's, you know, that's what the cool kids are doing. I love the way you said you put that as romanticized and it's such a cost. One of the first things I saw in my people, especially my corporate people, when the pandemic hit was all of a sudden they had were very quickly becoming workaholics. Mm. They were very quickly, they hadn't worked at home. I've been working at home for 12 years. They hadn't worked at home and they were very quickly realizing it's nine o'clock at night. Why am I responding to these emails? And it's so easy to do because there's always so much to do. But okay, so these you listed these six categories. And is the idea that we might be, I'm going to use the word deficit. There might be a deficit in an area or two, and that throws the whole balance off. Is that the gist of it? Yeah, we, we've highlighted these elements because oftentimes when people think success, they look at work success or yeah. success. And so when we first work with our clients, we start off with this self-assessment of where do you want to be and where do you think you are? Just as a no judgment. And it's not necessary for you to say, I want to be at the top level for every element because there's different things that are important to different people, right? Maybe spirituality might not be a high one for somebody and it might be a high one for someone else. But you start off with this self-assessment because we want people to recognize what is important to them, where are they, and what might be causing that particular gap. And I do think and I, I, like you, I am no stranger to that hard work as well, right? So I think that's the that's the challenge, and something I've also learned over over time as well. When I am reflecting back to when I when I first worked, when I first entered the workforce, I remember I was having a, this great opportunity at work, and I was at a state where I was working 60, 80 hours a week, responding to things at midnight, and at the time. You know, I was going, going, going early in my career and thinking, okay, this is not how I want to keep living my life. I think I'll I'll pay my dues to get the experience and to build my credibility and to get the result. But I don't think I could do this for the next 40, 50 years, right? This is not- Not sustainable. No. And I think it's still 
a lesson in boundary creation, right? And I, I think, you know, it's something that even for myself, I have been looking at and reevaluating as different seasons of my life have come about, right? Is what are my boundaries? What is it that I honor for myself? What do I look at in terms of like number of hours or um, what am I willing to do to sacrifice time to be able to create time for something else? It turns out to be a question for a lot of people, right? Without even realizing sometimes we don't even create or set what our boundaries are. And then we don't even realize when they're being violated because we haven't created them. And so that's one of those elements that we've called out in our framework. So those six elements, we take folks through what we call three journeys. Um, The first is called stabilize you. The second is called sharpen you. And the third is called optimize you. But one of the steps in our framework is to identify what are your boundaries? Uh, What is it that you are identifying is important to you and how will you enforce those boundaries? And they can mean different things to different people. For me, boundaries might look like uh, defining the type of clients I want to work with, right? So early on in my business, it was, I'll work with anybody. And mm. if someone who needs help and they're willing to pay, I'll do it. And then I quickly realized that not all clients are the same and not all money is good money, right? And then I quickly realized the type of people I do want to work with and those who might be more toxic, right? And so those things, I feel like I'm still learning over time, but it's important to kind of look at what are your list of boundaries and are you owning that? Are you living that? And are you respecting that? I love that. I love that. And I, I, we were talking about this before I hit record today. We're creatures of habit. And like you were referenced when you were early in your career and you were working 60 to 80 hours a week. And do you find that sometimes people create habits around that? And well, surely this is what, you know, there's so many societal uh, things as well. Well, surely I have to work like this to succeed and, and to succeed, I'm making a lot of money. And, and then that habit is built. I was referencing my son's uh, service dog's death and there are now the whole habit changes. Is that part of this unlayering or unwiring is people have built habits and maybe it never entered their mind that boundaries were the problem because they're working the habit. Is Am I on, on track there? Oh, this is completely the premise of what our program mm. personal mastery is completely based on. And so it is all about habits. I think that that is the piece that we realized quickly is that, you know, oftentimes when people are mapping out, what is my journey to success? And what are the big steps I'm going to take Q1 and Q2? And a lot of it can be just really tactical, right? Here are the steps. But what is even more important is how you show up every day and the habits that you're practicing, right? And so rather than saying, for instance, you know, we're at the beginning of the year at the time of this recording. So rather than saying something like, my goal is to gain 10 pounds of muscle, right? Or, you know, weight loss is always a a big goal for a lot of folks at the beginning of the year. Rather than saying like, that is what I want to do. What we are doing is kind of flipping the script a bit and saying, instead of just focusing on that end goal, let's talk about the habit you actually want to have each day. Maybe it's every day I'm going to have 10 minutes of movement, right? No judgment on what the movement is or the duration of time, but maybe that is the habit you want to build. Or every day I'm going to eat unlimited vegetables, right? Like I'm just going to give myself that 
permission. And I'm going to develop that habit over time. So what we're really focusing on is really how can you develop those habits on a daily basis that gets you closer to the type of life you want to live and at the end, it gets you to that end goal, right? So rather than focusing on, oh, 10 pounds of muscle, 10 pounds of muscle, am I going to the gym? We're trying to break it down. So it's a thing you do each day. Did I walk for 10 minutes? Yes. Okay, great. Every day to be able to hardwire that habit. And that applies in so, so many elements and how we show up and how we talk with others, how we interact, how we work. And so, so that is the complete premise is around habit formation and daily mastery of something that you want to have embedded in your daily system. That's really cool. And I'm going to make an assumption here. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I bet really success-driven people are geared to keep the eye on the prize. And so I'm curious, is it is it tricky for them to step back and focus on the just the 10 minutes a day? Because are they wired to go for the the 10 pounds of muscle? Yeah, I think that, and that's where our, our framework, we have nine steps in our framework. And I think the very first one freaks people out, especially if they are goal oriented, because I am too, admittedly, I am goal oriented. I have been that way since as long as I can remember. Step one in our framework is decouple from your goals, which can feel mm. devastating. People were saying, we know that you're tracking your goal, we know that pause just for a moment because at step seven, you'll get to come back to your goals, right? But first let's break that apart because sometimes we can get so fixated on that end goal that we don't get that we don't care how we're getting to it right and so what we're trying to encourage is that let's let's decouple from your goals because sometimes goals and when you're not at that goal yet can cause this feeling of failure because you're not yet at that goal, right? It it could feel like, well, I'm not, I don't see that daily improvement of getting closer to it. And there's a feeling that happiness is in the future when I accomplish it versus Mm. in the now and in the today. So our very first step when we're working with our teams and our clients is we ask them, take take a pause, hit the pause button, which I know can freak people out. It's not going to be for long, but just this moment, take a break from those goals, disconnect from all your trackers, disconnect from all your systems and grids that you have just to create and free up some mental space. So you can take a look at what is your life system first? Let's take a look at your life system and how do we define, how do you actually want to operate every day, right? So if your end goal, let's make it up is I want to make a million dollars in my business or in my career by the end of the year. Okay, great. Just yes, pause that. But now let's talk about what is it that you're showing up as every day? How are you feeling every day? What is it that you're wanting to accomplish beyond just the financial metrics? And then how do you create a system in your life that helps you support the behaviors that get you closer to that goal? Because I'm wondering, is that part of the problem in giving up? Is I'm obsessed with the 10 pounds of muscle and I didn't achieve it today. In fact, I had a setback, so forget it or push harder, which leads to that burnout, like you're talking about. What we're seeing is that because the goal can feel so far away, you'll get there, right? But if you were to take a snapshot of your muscle today and tomorrow or weigh yourself today, you're not going to see a big result. It's result over time. And so that's why 
what, as we're dealing with folks and talking about burnout and people feeling like they're not being successful, it's because you don't have that immediate gratification, right? It takes time. Oftentimes people are setting these goals that do take time and that's right. And that's appropriate. And it can weigh us down every day, feeling like we're not there yet. And so part of it is, well, let's break it down into something reasonable. Let's break it down into a small win where every day you're thinking, okay, did I eat unlimited greens today? Did I work out 10 minutes? And did I do that? Great. Yes. Did I not? So we're saying we recognize real human and forming habits is hard, right? So if you did it, okay, well then let's your system to give yourself feedback on that. Why did you not? What are you going to do differently tomorrow to help yourself do that? Right. Maybe you got a little too busy or maybe it was raining outside. Well, what, what might you need to do differently tomorrow to be able to give yourself that chance to practice that habit? And so what this approach does, which it kind of flips the way in which we, we sometimes get taught how to achieve goals is that it's looking at not just the, what is the metric and what is the strategy to gain that muscle and what are the, yes, that's important too. And we also want to recognize that we don't want to overcomplicate it for ourselves because it's very really easy to give up on a goal when it feels like you're not making progress on it each day. Mm-hmm. So what are the frameworks? You said there's nine frameworks. Is yes. that something that you can share with us? Yeah, sure, sure. I'd love to. So we have three pathways, three journeys. The first is called Stabilize You. And in it, there's three steps. The first is called Decoupling from Your Goals. I just mentioned that now. The second is Designing Your System. So that's where for each individual, you come up with what are the simple rules in your life that you want to live by? So like I just mentioned, one could be unlimited greens or it could be moving 10 minutes every day. Um, for me, one of my simple rules is being fully present in all my interactions. I've got so much going on in my life that I want to be fully present in whatever venue it happens to be so that I maximize my interaction during that time and can make that connection and then move on to the next thing and feel like I'm fully present. So um, the second is designing your system. And then the third is creating feedback loops. So it's how do you know that your system is working, that you've decided for yourself? So like I mentioned, if you, for instance, are uh, wanting to work out 10 minutes every day and it didn't work that day, well, how are you going to give yourself a feedback loop on that so that you figure out why did it not happen and how can I fix it for tomorrow? Um, This can look like different things to different people. My co-founder, one of them uses a full focus planner and journals every day to help him with digesting uh, his day. Um, Someone like me, I just do a mental look through of my day and what worked well and what didn't. What do I want to do differently tomorrow? Sometimes I have a chat with my husband about it. It's a conversation about our day and what we do tomorrow to make it a better day. Um, So those are the three in the the stabilized journey. And the second is called sharpening you. So in that um, step four here is about igniting reliable thinking habits because we recognize that the way we think and the habits that we form when we think impact the habits of acting, right? So uh, making sure that you are coming up and learning different techniques that uh, can rewire how you think. Um, The fifth is embodying reliable behaviors because what you think impacts how you behave. And then step six is what I mentioned about personal boundaries. So identifying what boundaries do you need to create around yourself to be able to live the type of life that you want. 
And then I'll just quickly go through the, the last one. So the last one is called optimize you. So once you've come up with your system, uh, step uh, seven is about now your goals. So I mentioned at the top, you pause your goals. This is where we bring your goals back. And actually you couple the system that you've created for yourself, for yourself with the goals you want to attain. So you can connect those back together. Um, step eight is about engineering your system. So you optimize it every day to make it a little bit better. And then step nine is stepping into this journey of mastery. So you've practiced the type of lifestyle you want every day. You've connected it to how your goals are going to be achieved because of them. And then you live in that truth. So you're able to live in that system that you've created for yourself. And so with these nine steps that we've worked with our clients on, it's, the intention is to help them to achieve not just only professional success, but also personal success as well. So they achieve that balance that you mentioned early on in our conversation. So how long does that, is it, is a process? It's a bit, it sounds like it's a stacking process, very much like psychology of the voice. You can't be captivating until you've looked at pillar one. So it's very much sounds like that inside and an outside job, because the outside job is the muscle memory, the habit, the action, but the mindset piece is part of it too. So generally, what is the process length? Is it a, I want to, I guess what I want to know is what is the experience like? Are y'all doing this in a group program and everybody works through it together and it's a six month, you know, give me some details about the actual implementation, what y'all are doing. Yes. So the program, so we did launch our first beta last year and it was a great multidisciplinary group of folks who are in all different levels of different careers, different levels of success in their careers. We had um, just a, a really great diverse group of folks going through the program with us last year. And we start off with a group program. It is, it is a group program because there's so much that you can learn from each other. And there's so much that I think in terms of being able to share what system somebody else or what habits are working for somebody else or how are they implementing the learnings in their own life? So this is a, a group program, um, but we do have the uh, ability to be able to have the coaching sessions individually for folks who are wanting to get some of that individual feedback as well. Um, the duration of the program, it's a six-month program because habits take time. But mm -hmm. the the actual modules that people go through are self-directed because we know some, some, some uh, clients will go faster than others as they go through. But we want to be able to provide the additional spaces and coaching for folks as they are going through this journey because it, it takes time to build these habits. It takes time for folks to be able to practice the type of life that they want to be living. And uh, we want to support a, a community as well going through this journey together. Yeah, it takes it takes time to undo what you don't want and do what you do want. Yeah, I think that's the the challenge. Everyone wants like the quick fix. What's the no. overnight? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to show up. Uh -huh. what I, and you recognize that it, it takes time. The habits that you formed have it's it was whatever age you are today is how long it took for you to have the habits that you have right now, right? So yeah recognizing that that is part of it and part of the learning or unlearning that needs to happen. We recognize that it's not an overnight type of thing. So really the sooner you start, the better, because yeah. it's not going to be an overnight thing, right? Get going now. Don't wait until yeah. you're ready. Do it now. I think as soon as someone has the inclination of, you know what, I, I feel like I'm not showing up the way that I want to be showing up, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not at the level of 
success in whatever dimension you define it as that I want to be in right now. I think as soon as folks kind of have that recognition and they have the desire to do something about it. So I think those wanting to do it and then actually jumping in and doing something about it are two different things, right? But when folks have that feeling of I'm ready to do something about it, uh, those are the types of folks who, who do well in the program. Yeah, definitely two different things. Wanting to do it and doing it. You need both. Now you said something, and I know we're going to have to wrap up here pretty, pretty soon, but you said something when we were talking before I hit record about finding this gets people to the true self or people parading around as not their true self. (laughs) (laughs) So the self that people know that they are, but sometimes may not feel like they can be. So I, mm-hmm. I am very familiar with Trace's work. I've had the pleasure of um, hearing her share her work. And so sometimes people feel like they have to have a mask, right? That they have to show up as either what people expect for them to be, or that they have to kind of shrink who they are, or that maybe they have some self-doubt about what they are able to do. And that can just completely impact how you present yourself, how you sound, how you project, how you talk, how you interact, how you connect. And when we're saying that people may not be showing up as their true selves, it's where they know that they want to do something, they want to be something, or there's part of them that they feel like they are not being able to feel comfort and support to be able to show. And so we recognize that, that sometimes that folks may feel like they just can't show up as their authentic self. And when that happens, the way they interact doesn't feel authentic. The way they speak doesn't feel authentic. And they may not be owning who they truly are in that moment. Yeah. I love that. And that plays right into that boundaries. People Mm -hmm. not setting boundaries might not be showing up as who they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's because oftentimes, you know, lots of folks are are people pleasers, which, you know, can be a good thing and bad thing, but sometimes Mm. when people feel like they need to show up in a way that's expected of them versus what they either truly want or what they truly feel like is respectful of what their boundaries are, um, they may be making uh, concessions or exceptions to accommodate what other people want or think, right? And so, and that can just show up in a lot of different ways, can show up in people being just unhappy with how they're being perceived, or they may have some uncertainty about, you know, how they feel they are, but then the who they're showing up as can be completely disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a real awareness around that when that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So y'all do a free training. We do. We do. So, so, so when is that? Tell us, is that an ongoing thing? It is an ongoing thing. So if folks are interested in checking it out, you can always get the latest sign up of our latest training at humancenteredreliability.com. The first button you'll see on there will be to sign up for our next free training. And those are highly interactive and all three co-founders are on it together where we're sharing a guided exercises with participants on how they can start designing their best systems for themselves. So we actually send out worksheets and people start working on what that looks like for themselves. And it's a completely free workshop. Oh, that's cool. And how often do you do those? Uh, We've been doing them around once a quarter. And so our 2022 schedule hasn't been released yet, but if folks sign up there, they'll be alerted to when the next one is coming up. 
And how often do you launch the program? Uh, so right now, the program itself, uh, last year we did the beta, and this year we are anticipating launching it twice. Twice. Okay. So we haven't missed that yet. Not yet. No. Not no. yet. Okay. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes. I'll put all the links that we've discussed in the show notes, and, and y'all can definitely please go check out that free training. It sounds very wonderful. The whole program, the whole concept is sounds really wonderful and so very needed now more than ever. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, we have just heard that more and more now people's uh, kind of perception and reception of what they want in their lives has been shaken up due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so this type of framework has helped people with sorting out what does that actually look like and mean for them? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, perfect timing. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about this. It's been very, very enlightening and valuable. So always good to see you, but thanks for coming back. My pleasure. It's always wonderful to connect with you, Tracy. And thank you, listeners. You know how much I appreciate you, but that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.